Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate Reckons, the show where we teach you and each other about whatever we want to know about. About whatever things we get curious about. Language this week, and we're talking about murder. Yeah, and gruesome murder and serial killers and race, war, shit. Yeah, mental health stuff, abuse, rape. <laughs> Jesus. Is that all of them? But stick around. Like, oh, it's, it's still st- us. You know, it's still us trying to unpack all of that. So, yeah, it's going to be a great time, everyone. Hey. Hey. Hello, <laughs> Clam Bear. Hello, everyone. Hello, David. Hello, Friend, dearest, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. This week you asked me about um, a person that I've always... Admired. <laughs> admired. <laughs> Looked up to. What an inspiration. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, you asked me about Charles Manson. Yes. One of those figures that I like exists in pop culture, but I've yes. never taken the time to actually look at who or what Yeah, or me either. I know happened. very little apart from he killed women. Maybe. Correct. Kind of. Um, The thing that is kind of, I think, why he's stuck around in the public consciousness so Mm. much and part of why he's an enigma is that he himself, allegedly, as far as we know, didn't do much of the killing. Oh. He managed to convince others. He had a cult called the Manson Family. And in, in making this cult, managed to convince other people to commit murder. Oh, my goodness. My phone's vibrating. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't your phone, Dad. <laughs> that was my other enormously <laughs> professional device. <laughs> that was my podcasting dildo. <laughs> my podcasting vibrator. That was my podcasting vibrator. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, my question to you is, do you think you could be convinced... <laughs> to kill someone? To commit murder. By a small man that kind of looks like Sonny... Apparently he was very charming back in the day sunny and, and very good looking. Sunny, that's what he looks like in my head. That's why I've merged together from like. Have you ever been? Is it the seventies? Is that when this is? Yeah, in time? late sixties, early seventies. Okay. Have you ever been really infatuated by an elder? Like, yes. ha- ha- have you had a yes crush on a teacher or an authority figure where you were like, I would follow them to if they oh. say jump, I'm gonna like. Jump there. What you, you not a no more like a, I want to be like them. Sure. Infatuation or look up to a mentor. Yes, absolutely. And I thought they I've were incredible. And I've, I've been... had that a couple of times actually. I can think is... of two or three, and two of them have deeply, deeply disappointed me. No. <laughs> Me too, actually. Because I've, uh, because of the image of them in my head. Sure, was so insane. Was maybe unrealistic. This is an interesting question, actually, because I think of you, especially in comparison to me, as a very secure, confident person. Yeah. So when I look up to someone... <laughs> yes. <laughs> thanks. When I look up to someone, I'm like... But traditionally, when I look up to a mentor, it is also coming from a place of insecurity so like mm. i want to be them and i want to uh, have a appro- get their approval and that's really important and that that is inextricably linked within yes. the kind of mentorship inspirational vibe 
Yeah, isn't that funny that yours is I want their approval. Yeah. And mine is I want to be more like them. Which is I wish I could say that if they told me to do something morally ambiguous and mm. like murder, <laughs> not that morally ambiguous. But you'd be like, oh, but pretty, I want pretty, them to like me. Uh, no, really, I'm desperate <laughs> enough. <laughs> that I, and if I've taken enough shrooms, which these people had, you'd be like, maybe I would. Maybe I want to. Yeah. Oh, okay. And if he's that charismatic, I guess so. I don't think I would. I don't think I would murder, but certainly I could. <laughs> Can we just very clearly <laughs> say that David is not going <laughs> I'm not to gonna murder kill anyone. anyone? Especially when I tell the entire story, you'll be like, David, what? It's like, no, I'm not saying I'm attracted to this person. <laughs> In any way. Let's be very clear about I'm your mora- saying, your morality around murder. I'm just saying you I am... empathise. Because I am so insecure <laughs> that if someone I liked told me to kill someone... You would and I would ponder be approved, it. I would think about it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm, I'm saying... just saying I would write a pros and cons list. And I would deeply consider it. How much do I hate myself and how much approval could this get Yeah, but you also are a stickler for the rules, David. I am. So you love a good rule. I love a good rule. You love to do the right thing. You like people to stick to your high moral ground that you live on. And so I don't think you, I don't, I think you underestimate that part of your value. Anyway, Charles Manson (laughs) was born in 1934. Yes. And there's all these kind of great myths about his family, how he grew up. Yep. A large part of them come from his biography that he's written. Oh. So when so we're not entirely sure, but right. it's obvious that he had a really rough time growing up. Okay. His mum was named Kathleen. Yep. And she was 16 when she had him. Okay. Uh, and she was homeless and an alcoholic and a, and a prostitute. Right. Um she had this series of boyfriends. So Charles had this series of stepdads in his life. Yeah. Um, one of whom was William Manson, where he got the name. Um, and and soon enough, through, by a series of unfortunate events, he ends up on the street as a teenager and as okay. a street kid. And pretty soon he starts committing petty crimes. Sure. Like a ton. Yeah. Vandalism. Sure. Um stealing shit, all kinds of stuff. I think it's when he's 17 or 18 that he ends up going to prison because he was raped another boy by knife point. Right. Um, Oh, by the way, things get real gruesome real quick. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. So So when he was 17 or 18... Around that time, yeah. He went to prison for rape. Yes, correct. And then he also... He got out, but then ended up in prison kind of repeatedly for homosexual acts. Right. Um, a variety of... I, I don't know which particular acts, and I don't know whether they would be considered illegal in our minds today. Sure. But um, certainly there was rape, which is not so great. And... Hot take, not so great. Correct. <laughs> yes. Why are you laughing? <laughs> We've ended up in a weird place with this episode yes. where I'm like, murder. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're laughing because we're breaking the tension. Indeed. Um, okay. So he was in and out of prisons, all this shit. Right. He fixed his homosexuality because he got married. And we all know oh, that, that works. solves every it. Every time, that <laughs> solves it. That solves 
sexuality and so desire. No more problems for Charlie. Yeah. And thankfully, none of, the, none of that repressed sexual lust yeah. came out in Childhood ways. trauma, yeah, well, complicated relationship with your own masculinity. Probably, I would say, maybe, let's like hypothesize, maybe potentially some abuse probably, that he has experienced, probably. which is often why people act out that way. Probably. Yeah. Right. Um, but solved because he's married. Indeed. <laughs> um, he started out of this marriage and, 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 and into the 60s. He was in San Francisco and, okay. and, and California at this time. And this is like, hate Ashbury is this era area of San Francisco. This is like the hardcore hippie shit. Yes. This is 1960s Hollywood. This is Woodstock. This yes. is like all the images you get. Of hippie, culty, yeah. druggy culture, he's at the heart of it. Right. Um, and there's all sorts of weird cult commune type arrangements yes. going on. Yes. And he is not unlike many others around at the time who creates a, a family cult, essentially. He calls it the Manson family, and it grows to about 100 people wow. fairly quickly. Um all of these people who just... He's very charismatic. He speaks um, well. And they want to follow this alternative lifestyle. And plus, fuck tons of LSD. Like, and what LSD's is the, what going is the, around. What is, what is he telling people? Why are they being drawn into this Manson well, family ideal? I think that like a lot of hardcore cults, yeah. there's kind of an outer sphere... Yeah. Of loveliness and nice things it's that about, are, are very easy yeah. to get on board with. Yep, but free love and free love and all this and community, family. Yeah, aren't we having a good we time? We love and support each other. And then, as you get closer in, you discover that the the people that tend to get closest to him are impressionable young girls, right? And that um and that they begin to believe that he is Jesus oh. and he is a prophet. Mm. And he is prophesying a race war brewing between African-Americans and white Americans. Oh, my God. In the era of, like, hardcore civil rights and Martin Luther King and all that, he's going, no, this is a war and this is what's going to... This is what is going to break. It gets fucking weirder. He is deep into music, like, obsessive, hardcore. And... He's somewhat influential, or he's a small player in, like, the Hollywood music scene. He wrote a song for the Beach Boys. Oh, my God. Successfully. Um, uh, Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys had allowed Manson and several members of his family to stay at his home after picking up two female members of the family who had been hitchhiking. It was through this association that Manson got the opportunity to audition for Terry Melcher, son of Doris Day, and friend and producer of the popular band, The Beach Boys. Um, but Melcher wasn't interested in signing a contract with Mason, which apparently stung. Mason right. wrote this song. Um, he uh, he wrote this song called uh, Cease to Exist, which was renamed Never Learn Not to Love. It was a B-side. It was out there. Yeah. But Charles Manson kind of... Apparently it was a big deal, and this becomes important later. It was a big deal that he wanted this guy, Melcher, who was a big high flyer, to sign him. Yeah. And he didn't sign him. 
Right. So he felt rejected by mainstream Hollywood, but yep. he wrote a song with the Beach Boys that is a song that is Oh my there. God. The only kind of reference or the small reference I have to him is from that terrible fucking Tarantino movie that I fell asleep watching. The one with the Margot Robbie foot fetish. Once Upon a Time, in, one... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which yeah. I really want to watch. I haven't watched it, but I, I know there's... I sleep watching it. It's just too long. There's a Charles Manson plot. It's very Manson good, but there's a Charles Manson plot. And Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate, which is important. Yes. Okay. All right. So, Charles Manson is... It's also important. You can't talk about Charles Manson without talking about Helter Skelter. Okay. Helter Skelter is a song... He was obsessed with the Beatles, and Helter Skelter is a song that's just like a rock and roll song that is on the Beatles' White Album. Right. Charles Manson thought it was a prophecy. Right. And that it was reinterpreting the Book of Revelation. Of course, Paul McCartney and John Lennon, Paul McCartney in particular, came out later and said that fucking dude's out of his tree. Are you kidding me? Of course, it's not about that. Um, that it's about a reinterpretation of the Book of Revelations and it's foretelling this race war that's going to Oh, my come. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he used this. He also became obsessed with Scientology. Of course. And he was studying other cults. We know this. He was studying other cults in quite some detail. Um, and he began to believe himself, obviously. He, he, it's, not, it's not an act. He did start to believe that he was a prophet. Of course. Uh, so he's taking a fuckload a, of drugs. He's reading about cults and prophets. He has all of these people supporting the theory and... and yeah building him up and giving him praise and so it starts to, it becomes part of his identity and yeah. he starts to believe that it's true. Now I had to look at this several times to go is this right but it is and it's illogical. Okay. But this is this is not well people. So, so the theory goes right that white people and black people are going to get into a war. Okay. And the as foretold by the Beatles as foretold and the by, Bible and the book of revelations. <laughs> when they do, black people will win. Right. But in Manson's white supremacist view, yeah, that's bad news and they will need mentoring and help to rule the world. And that's when the Manson family come in and mentor black people in ruling the world. That's the line of thought, apparently. Oh, my God. And then a step further, we need to hurry this along. Right, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna incite more of a race war. So we need to go kill high-profile white people. What? Yeah, we're gonna kill high-profile white people so that they, those deaths will get blamed on black people, and right. black people will retaliate, and that will kick off. The and we'll war. we'll fight. We'll kick it off. We'll kick it off, and then we'll be there to look after the African American victors. And mentor and them. And then manipulate and mentor them. Indeed. And they will be so grateful to us because we've done all this great shit for them by killing other white people. Oh, my God. So, Charles Manson... So, it's this bizarre colonial perception of this weird, weird, wa- weird. race war. Manson goes into a trance. Hermione, Hermione, Hermione. Goes, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> Who are we going to kill with these three three of his um, kind of most hardcore disciples? Yes. And he spits out an address. The address, oh my goodness, so happens to be the address of the music producer that rejected him a couple of years ago. Wow. Whoa. What the The fuck? The prophet has spoken. (laughs) So, off they go, but he doesn't live there anymore. Ah. Who does live there, 
Margot Robbie, Sharon Tate, <laughs> lives there. She's hanging out with a bunch of her friends. Charles Manson says, kill everyone. Fucking kill everyone and make it. Whoever's there. Whoever's there. And they do. They're oh, like, my God. And it, not just killing, but like vicious, hardcore, fucking tying up, torture, stabbing, all sorts of awful things happen. How many people from his cult go and do uh, these awful things? Well, there were four. Yeah. Four centrally. Charles Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel and Linda Kassabian. Yeah. Um, uh, they shot a young boy who was outside and a witness to it at the time. Um, there was blood everywhere that they stabbed people like 28 to 35 oh to 40 times God. and then wrote on the walls in their blood like helter skelter and pigs are coming and like all these fucking things um my mouth is a gape and manson didn't give them approval so it sucks to be them uh criticize them for being sloppy instead and this was the first one um but but they weren't caught? They weren't caught then. And instead, uh, they went on to kill, it's believed, uh, 35 people in total. Oh, my God. From around Hollywood. Still going with girl. this, like, yeah. white people of note. Yes. Um, Sharon Tate was pregnant at the time. Yeah. With an eight, uh, eight, months, eight months pregnant. Oh, my God. Um... They thought the baby was a demon. All this weird, like, tripped out shit. So, <clears throat> eventually they get um, arrested. Yeah. In 1969. And is it these four who are doing the, all of the killing? Or it's other people too? I don't know. Yeah, sure. I think those were the main four. Eventually, um, they're, they're all arrested. Yeah. Funnily enough, not for murder but for vandalism that they'd done in a national park because that's what they could get them on for sure um susan atkins confessed while held in detention right um, which is what the police are hoping that would happen was, and did um various motivations were examined during the course of the trial the most feasible was that manson's pathological ego insanity and belief in armageddon were influences that led him to leave behind a trail of destruction. Manson believed that he was the new messiah and that after a nuclear attack, he and his followers would be saved by hiding in a secret world under the desert. That was the thing he was saying at the trial, but since after that he talked about race wars and things like that. His prophetic visions, here we go, included a belief that the race war would result in a black victory and Manson, along with his family members, would have to mentor the black community as they would lack experience to run the planet. Oh my God! So weird. Um, uh, later in court, one of them, who was just 19... When... I like that part, though, where he would uh, observe that black people would win, though, because I kind of go, well, yeah, let's, like, change the fucking world. <laughs> that part of this story is of um, note. Yes. Racial equality, let's tip it the other yeah. way for a while. For uh, more cultural diversity. High five. Um... Susan Atkins admitted in initial confessions to fellow prisoners that she wanted to... I mean, part of also reason why they're so, like, still in 
in pop culture is that the murders are gruesome. Uh, and the, they mutilate bodies and do awful things. Um, while he's on trial, Manson released an album. Oh my God. Titled Lie. In an effort to raise money for his defense, he revealed, he reveled in the media attention and during court proceedings, he turned up with an X carved into his forehead. Some of his female followers copied the act and shaved their heads, sometimes sitting outside the courthouse. The X was gradually modified until it turned into a swastika. And oh, this famous my po- God. All of the pictures of him uh, with a swastika engraved in his head. And um, he, But he never murdered anyone? No. Or if he, if he did, there's no evidence of it. It was all him conspiring. And telling people what to do. He was convicted of first-degree murder. Um... There were a lot of, um, all four of them plus him were convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to death. Oh my God. They had the death penalty, but then within a couple of years. In the early 70s. In the early 70s, 1971. But then in a couple of years, um, in 1972, um, they repealed the death sentence. Yeah. And so he served life in prison. Uh... And he died in 2017. Oh, wow. From a heart attack due to complications from um, colon cancer in prison. Fuck. Yeah. And are the others alive? Susan Atkins died. Yeah. I don't know about the others. Yeah. Sorry. Quick Google and you can... Find out. Yeah. There you go. What about the other kind of, like, 90 or so people who were following him? Just kind of got off and... I suppose... Well, they did... I I don't don't know. I don't know how strict or how kind of formal the cult setting was or what... Yeah. I don't know. Wow. I will say that I was at a precipice this afternoon researching this where I felt myself going into a Suge Knight (laughs) direction. (laughs) Of the um, those who don't know what Dave was talking about, Tupac and Biggie Smalls conflict. Biggie Smalls conflict, where I was like, I could end up researching because so many books have been written and so many. American Horror Story has done a whole season on him. He he turns up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like such a figure of yeah that people are fascinated by him. Yeah, because he is fascinating in a kind of sick shitty awful way so there you go oh my god charles manson i didn't know most of that shit me either this is intense yeah man so there you go what have we learned that oh that that unresolved childhood trauma (laughs) indeed if you take too much lsd and you're profoundly insecure and are searching for a kind of spiritual mentor then be careful who you fucking listen to yeah because you could do bad things. Indeed. Shit, therapy is needed for everyone. Indeed. It's a lesson. Oh, I didn't realise I was so awful. I think I... What did you think? <laughs> it was Charles Manson as a serial killer. I didn't... I don't think I clocked on... I think what I've done is fused Charles Manson and the Kool-Aid story. Ah, which is Jonestown. Yes. Which Jonestown is fucking horrifying. Oh, there you go. You can research that for me too. Oh, I stumbled onto a documentary about Jonestown one night and I was like, oh my, and couldn't stop watching and then had nightmares I think that's what I've done. I've smushed those two stories. So I thought this was just going to end with, then they drank some cordial and died. Which is just as uplifting. They've killed everyone. Yeah. 
And the race politic? Yeah. Like the race stuff in this? Fucked, I had no idea layer. about that. Fucking Fuck hell. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we need to end on a joyful note now after all that, David. Um, and there's been no sex jokes. No. This is just a dreary murder hellscape. I don't think I would. I'd like to say that I'm. I've never <laughs> murdered anyone. I've never murdered anyone. I've Neither nev- have I. I've never been so insecure that I think even someone I really, really admire. Because you're right. The like, the stick up my ass. Yeah. Rule follower yes would not want to break those rules you no. would just tell people to fuck off you would just go i'm disappointed in you and we've got some you've got some shit you need to yeah. unpack i think i might be the charles manson in this situation though because i have a fantasy where i have like a shredder type young people's army yeah but to do good things yes to like do spontaneous yeah, the dance breaks that. the opposite like, of yeah. charles manson obviously yeah break like, into people's homes and make I them could... feel nice yeah them, but do a dance for them or like weed their garden. <laughs> I'd start a joy cult. Well, that's what they all say at the start. Maybe. And then it gets, and then it's gets like, pretty murdery pretty quick. you realise you're a prophet and you listen to the Beatles and yeah. it's, all over, it's all over. Okay, you need to make a, a pact with me that if I ever start, start a cult, you need to stop it. <laughs> okay. Promise? There's been times in your life where you've been leading certain drama classes where I would have had to raise that flag. That's what mates would do. Indeed. If you start a cult, I'll, or you're going to murder someone, I promise I'll stop you. Oh, just let me go with it. I've probably got my reasons. <laughs> At least we'll just have a conversation about it and I'll see how, how yeah. I feel. Yeah, we'll put it out to the listeners. Okay. Thanks for being my mate. Thanks for being my mate. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this please on, do that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your me. friends tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show i see what you did there where can people find you claire? people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.